Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, plenty has been done on this station and even on this show covering the issues around surrogacy, often with families campaigning for change sometimes with people who've gone abroad to get a surrogate. One of the big issues that families with children born from surrogate have to deal with is that the woman who has carried the child is legally recognised as their mother, even if it was not their egg that the child came from. So is it time to change these laws and recognise that families form and grow in all kinds of different ways? Well, one family who agrees with that is the Mars who are on the line now. I have Emma, Laura and Victoria. You're all very Welcome. Hi, Thank Ariel. Thanks, Claire. Thanks for having us. Three incredible sisters. Emma, you are a mother to four children, three of whom were carried by Laura and Victoria and one by your, your best friend, Lee Padden, who can't join us on the line now, but of course deserves her name and more to be mentioned. Can I start with you then, Emma, please? Uh, When you were 17, you were told at that early age that you wouldn't be able to carry your own child. Yeah, um, so I was, I went to see a gynecologist at 17 and um, because I had late periods and she basically said, have you got sisters? And I said, I do, I have three. And she said, look, unfortunately, she says you have an underdeveloped womb. She says, so you'll never be able to carry your own baby. However, biologically, you can have your own children. You just would need somebody to give them a safe place to grow, a surrogate. so, so yeah, I was 17 then and it was quite hard to, to take, but, but I was with my mom and we went home and I think the same day, the exact same day, Victoria would have said to me, I'll never forget it in the kitchen. And she said to me, don't you worry about that. I'm, I'm going to carry your baby one day for you. Don't be worrying. So pretty much straight away, she, she said it. Wow. And Victoria, do you remember that conversation in the kitchen just the same? Yeah, I do. Um, well, first of all, I remember my mum and Emma coming home that day and Emma was devastated. Out of all of the sisters, Emma was the one carrying a doll from the time she was two. She just wanted to be a mammy. So when they came home from the hospital that day, I knew it was bad news. Emma couldn't even speak. Um, and so mum told me two things. She said the doctor said Emma would never be able to carry her own babies. And that your sister's heart was shattered into a million pieces today. So I suppose from that conversation, I heard two things. One, that my sister's heart was broken. And the second was that she couldn't carry her own baby. Not for a second did I I think that meant Emma wouldn't become a mammy. I knew. I knew one day she would be a mammy. I just tried to reassure her that her journey to motherhood would just be a little bit different. So there was a problem. Fortunately, there was a solution. So, yeah, without hesitation, I gave Emma my word that whenever she was ready, I'd be waiting to help her. Incredible. And Victoria, you were 22 at the time and you, you already had a little boy. So you had a real understanding of, of, of what was ahead. Not that you'd even need to have had a baby to understand what it was that you were, you were, you were offering or doing. But did that make a difference? Do you know what? I don't. I don't think it did. I think you know. I had just had my little boy um, a year before that, but I don't. Regardless of that, I think for me, my sister's heart was broken. I just thought that there was an easy solution to help her, and without hesitation, I was willing to do that. Um, 
but now from going through the experience, what I can say is the experience is very different when it's your own pregnancy versus when it's somebody else's baby, you know? Yeah. So you're not kind of comparing like with like. So Emma, from 17 no. to when did this become more of a of a reality? Um, so I, when I was 17, that's when I was told and then I got married when I was 26 and I started the process pretty much straight away. And I remember a conversation. We went for a walk, me and Victoria, and she said to me, enjoy married life for a year. And I said, no, absolutely not. I need to, even though doctors were telling me your ovaries are perfect, biologically you'll have your own children. I'm a worrier anyway. So I was like, no, I have to do this now. I need to, I need to just get the process going and I, I, I need to try and have my babies now. Um, so I started, I got married in the May and we started IBF in November the 3rd. Um, and we, I, I was very lucky then. They got 16 eggs then for me. And we were very lucky um, to implant uh, my first daughter um, to Victoria two weeks later. And, and she was born the following July. That's, that's Sophie. What age is Sophie now? So she's ace. She's ace now. Wow. And to bring you back in again, um, Victoria and Laura, we are we are coming to you in a moment. But to bring you back in, Victoria, um, you said something and, and even reading about it, there's people picture that there's going to be this handing over of a baby. And you've already alluded yeah. to it being a very different situation to having your own child and that there isn't a handing over. Can you describe that a little to us? Yeah, well, well, first of all, just to go back to when I say it's a different um, experience when it's your own pregnancy versus somebody else's. Um, what I compare that to, so if I was babysitting for my niece or nephew and they took their first steps whilst in my care, that would be a completely different emotion than if it was my own boys taking their first steps. So when, when I was carrying Emma's baby and there was movement or baby kicking, it just wasn't that same emotion as when it was my own pregnancy. Now, throughout the pregnancy, I was very adamant with Emma in that I said I wanted to give her as much of her own moments as possible. So right from the offset, when we did the pregnancy test, I insisted on not being in the room for the results. So I did the pregnancy test, handed it to Emma, and I went into another room. So Emma and her husband found out they were pregnant before I knew the news. Um, mm-hmm. And it was very much yeah. so like that throughout the whole pregnancy. And another thing that I asked of Emma, I said, look, I know Emma was there in theatre. Her, her little girl was born into her arms. And so that narrative, I think when we heard the word surrogacy or surrogate, just this narrative of handing over a baby, giving away a baby, and it's just not that case. All of Emma's babies were born right into their mammy's arms. Um, and the one thing that I asked that day, I said, look, I know in teacher you're probably going to be tempted to, to bring your little one over to me for me to be the second person to meet baby. But I said, please don't. Please go straight out to daddy, you know, go out to, to your husband and make sure that he is the second person to meet your little. Yeah. At that time, I didn't know if it was a boy or girl, your little boy or girl. Yeah. So it very much so. It really is that even even in theatre, it, it, they were all of Emma's moments. Even when we were doing scams, it was very much they they were that was Emma's time. They were her moments. So there is no. I I think it's really important for us to talk about this and to hear all of these experiences and to I suppose stamp out that that narrative. Yeah. Because as I said, 
you know, Emma's Emma's babies were born right into her arms. You know, their first touch was with Mammy. Well, you're literally blowing me away with everything that you're saying. And Emma, did you feel that also that there there was no blurred lines? This 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 was no. your baby. These were your experiences. Absolutely. Like I went through all the treatments, the egg retrieval, um, all the all the injections, all the all the medical side I would have went through beforehand. And I feel like I done things a bit backwards because I done all that at the very beginning to create my baby. Um, but absolutely, I think all my sisters and best friend made me feel very much um, like this was my pregnancy. This was myself, my husband's pregnancy. These are our babies, which, you know, they are. And pretty much like put back into mommy and daddy's hands. Like, what would you like to do? You know, you come in here and even the pregnancy test, Claire, like when, when, when everyone done that for us, even that, that's such a selfless, this is such a selfless, beautiful most amazing thing to do for anyone in the world and I just even think little moments like that meant the world and more to me yeah yeah no definitely the way you thought about it and approached Mm. it Victoria from the word go has been very very special and and it just the bond between you sisters is obviously incredible to bring any of it about and Emmy you had a bit of a, a rough few chapters then your your next attempt when Sophie was three ended yeah. unfortunately with three losses and then tell us about your your friend Lee getting involved Lee I suppose would have been very much the same as my sisters um like such a beautiful thing that not a lot of people know about Lee is say we're friends god nearly 20 years or so and every Christmas card every birthday card every friendship card she'd always write at the end of them P.S. I'm here when you need me and we both knew what that meant she always wanted to do this for us um, so so she was always ready to go whenever we were ready to go she always said that and, and I think she just said to us one day right let's go, let's, let's go. I, we would love herself and her husband would love to do this for us um, so we, we we did go and we we had a baby girl, Casey. Um but we had a devastating scan at um thirty weeks pregnant. Um it was the first visit I, I wasn't allowed in on. Um so I was outside waiting on a FaceTime call because COVID hit really bad then. It was so bad. So I was in the car waiting and I thought nothing more of it. I just thought, oh, maybe just people ahead of her. And I seen the doctor come out and I just said, Claire, like, I just thought she was coming out to say hello to me. I said, she's so lovely. Like, she doesn't have to come out and say hello to me personally. And she just said, open your door. And that's when she told me. She said, Katie's heart just stopped. Um, You need to come in. And I just knew I needed to get to my door. I knew I was having a girl. Um, Lee didn't know what myself and and Michael were having only me and him knew and I just knew I had to to run to get to her Um, so yeah she was we were 30 weeks and and Katie was born three days later into Mammy Dan so we took her home Katie was home with with myself and Michael for a night and, and we wrote letters to her We've done lots of beautiful little things with Katie. Victoria would have met, came around and spent time with her as well. So that was 
That was so difficult. An absolutely devastating loss, uh, you know, for any parent on any journey, but particularly with the the journey you've been on so far. And there must have been part of you after that loss who thought, will we even continue to to try again? Where did you find that strength? Um, Sophie. Um, 100%. Like, the most painful, I can tell you now, the most painful conversation I've ever had to have my my daughter Sophie was telling her that her sister wasn't coming home to her so I think I, I don't think I'll ever forget the cry I don't think I'll ever I'll never forget it and I think I think that just gave me the strength to go and then my husband also said to me I was done. I'll tell you that, like, honestly, I was I was done. I, I didn't think I had it in me to even continue uh, for IVF, for surrogacy of the process. I was done. I was just defeated. Um, and I remember he said to me one day, he said, look, please, can we just do one more go? So for him, for Sophie, for for everyone, I said, OK, one more. I said, but that's it. I, I I can't, I physically, emotionally, mentally can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, so I've done one round of IVF again. And if you were to ask me now, how did you inject yourself? How did you go through IVF? The egg retrieval, the process. I had to get on a plane to Prague to get my eggs retrieved. During a, a crisis, during a, a pandemic. I don't know. I think I was a... There was a vision that there was, it was, I wasn't very present. It, I don't know how I done all that, but I done all that because I knew I needed to, I don't think I'll ever fix anyone's heart, but I knew I needed to bring joy back. Yeah. Especially yeah. for my daughter. I needed to give my daughter an earth sibling, you know. And of course, Claire, it would be a blur in that, in that grief. Can we bring in um, Laura then, the youngest of the three sisters, because Laura, this is where you come in. Um, you carried twins then for, for Emma. Yeah. So that was. is a very special turnaround because like there are tears rolling down my face listening. And I, I know you all yeah. went through this with Emma and it must have been such a terrible thing for you to witness for, for Lee, for for Absolutely. Michael and Emma and, and for all of you. So it must have been almost with trepidation. You stepped up for this one last time yeah. and Harry and Sean are here because of that. Well, it was the day of Katie's funeral that I came home and I rang my sister Victoria. And I just said, look, you know, I said, is it too soon to ask Emma and Michael, would they go again? Because, you know, I think anyone that witnesses their sister go through anything like that would try absolutely anything just to help in any way possible and um, a few months later we as, as time passed we went and thank God Sean and Harry are here now I honestly don't know how Emma and Michael had the strength to go there, to go again you know they're heroes in my eyes because what as I said any sister witnessing their, their sister go through that would do this you know I just think you're a mind blowing bunch of of women. I really do. And I know you've Michael in the mix and and, and other supporters all around you. But I just think it is so selfless and incredible what each one of you did without 
any question. This was just what was going to happen. I just think it's one of the most beautiful stories yeah. I have ever heard. I think Thank so. You. I think so. Uh, people talk about, you know, Emma's, Emma's journey and her story. And Emma is very fortunate. She has three sisters and all of which have been, the three of us have been part of her journey. And she has a best friend also. So she she's very, very fortunate. But I think, and I think all of the, the, my sisters and Lee would agree, I suppose, when you're going through the process. So for me, definitely, what Emma had to go through was a lot tougher than what I like my job I nearly feel was the easy part um, and I obviously know Lee's experience was completely different and it was devastating and, and Lee is my forever hero you know she she brought Katie into the world you know in, into Emma's arms with such dignity and grace and, and love but what Emma and all of the mammies who like Emma um, what they have to go through you know just for a hope of of bringing their little ones into the world. I just think they really and truly, they're just heroes in my eyes. They really and truly are. And these babies are so lucky because, you know, imagine being so loved before you even get here. So to all the mammies and daddies that are out there who try so hard to bring these little ones into the world, I really, my hat goes off to them and my hearts go out to them because it's not easy at times. And so they deserve all, you know, the praise in the world. Yeah. Anyone on those fertility journeys, you're right, like absolute heroes. Emma, how is family life now? Sophie has an an angel sister, as you said, but now she has two brothers, Harry and Sean. How is family life these days? That's mad. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the most beautiful, amazing fam- like family life. You know, I wouldn't change a second. Harry and Sean are they're running around now. They're like trying to climb walls. And Sophie is the bestest, bestest big sister and the most grateful big sister in the whole world. And I'm so proud of her. And I I'm think so that for all of them. For us as well to be able to see Emma and her babies, it's little moments like that. Like we'd be sitting in Emma's house and they're all running around, and you know, it's moments like that where in your heart you go, "Oh my God, I can't even explain." It's just the absolutely best thing in the world to be able to see Emma like with her babies. Like, and Emma, will you tell the the children the story of their birth? Oh, they know. Yes, yeah, Sophie knows. Like from the age she can talk and walk. Um, basically. I told Sophie and the boys will grow up the very, very same. Um, you have a very special auntie who who helped get you into the world. Mommy's belly doesn't stretch. Um, my belly, which is the truth. Um, and daddy's egg, and then you grow auntie's belly. So she's known that from the second she can walk and talk and and yeah, like I, I'm very proud of how we, we got our children here. And I don't think it should be, um, oh, I'll tell them when I feel they're ready. No, this is a part of their journey and it's a part of how they got here. And I'd be like, I'd be very, just say how it is and, 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 and go with that because it's, it's, it's their story, you know. Yeah, and I think, so, you know, it, they're, they're taboos and secrecy. I mean, people are entitled yeah, to their privacy yeah. and their own yeah. journey and however they want to deal with it. But I think the more we break yeah. down taboos and secrecy, the Absolutely. more we can change the laws that we started this whole well, item this talking it. about. Like, 
Claire, like I feel like, so I ended one battle and now I feel like I'm in another, like the Irish families through Xerxes, like they are fighting so hard for all of us couples out there who are fighting to get recognition to be on our children's birth certs. I mean, I have four biological, beautiful children whom the government don't recognise me as their mother. So, so that's another battle we fight on now about, you know, it's, 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 Science, the law needs to catch up with science, basically. Yeah, yeah, and do it quickly. Well, I'm doing this job nearly 20 years and uh, this is a conversation I will never forget. I think you're all incredible. I want to give Lee Padden a mention again. She couldn't talk to us today on the phone, but as you said, she put Katie in your arms at 30 weeks and is incredible. But to you three sisters, to Emma, Laura and Victoria Marr, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Oh, thank and thank you, you so thank much. You so much. So lovely, lovely talking to you, Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.